Hey, Mo, isn't that your car up there with the rubber hippie daisy? The one that was parked in 7A? Hey, hey, what's it doing there? We're supposed to be on the railroad tracks. No, I mean, the parking lot. Homer, you moron. Homer, you genius. <laughs> Geronimo! Thief can't hold his breath forever. And if you can, Chief, then God help us all. Four finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Finger Discount. This week we're here to review Dumbbell Indemnity. I am Dando. I am Mitch, and I apologise in advance that my throat has been absolutely destroyed over the weekend. So if it uh, breaks at any point, I won't be hitting any high notes in this podcast. Why Let's was your throat way. destroyed? I had a big night, big weekend, but big night in particular in Brisbane. We went to the football. Taking your sorrows away. Yeah, well, pretty much. It was my first ever time at the Gabba, and by the time the football had started, I think I was eight hours into the drinking session, so I had zero inhibitions. And a friend of mine, uh, quite vocal when he goes to sports, so we were just trying to outdo each other, um, which was a lot of fun. A Hawthorne supporter that looked like Lou Diamond Phillips started to yell at my friend. And even though I was a Hawthorne supporter, I then started yelling back at him. Yelled at a fellow Hawthorne at Lou supporter Diamond Phillips. Him down? Yeah. Why? Because I was just in a mood where I was just going to take on anybody. No, 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 but he was yelling at your friend for what reason? Oh, Steve was just being very vocal and Lou Diamond Phillips was not happy about that. Vocal about his team being put down? Was he your friend? Just vocal in general. No, Steve was a Brisbane supporter. Oh, okay. There was a lot of, um, take his fucking head off, <laughs> getting yelled out from Steve. Yeah, actually, not a lot of swearing because kids were around. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> it was a fun night. I don't remember a lot after it after the game. I also went out. To, it was just good to get out of the house. So I went out for like two or three hours just at Geelong Social Club. And going into it, I thought, oh, hey, this is going to be like, la di da 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 Do we need an intervention? No, nobody said a word I didn't not that I didn't like it but they didn't watch the game oh really like they're at the football and I get it it's the social club so they're in there socialising but they would react when someone else would kind of react to what's going on outside okay. so the guys from work we all went there and we're watching the game yelling out and they're like oh what's going on what's going on and I'm thinking you're at the football mm. what's the point in being here if you're not going to anyway that's the social club for you fair enough shout out to Z Pickle in Brisbane uh, burger bar that my mate took me to Holy Jesus. You didn't I, do I sent boy. you a photo. No, well, by the time I sent you the photo, that oh, it was a day later. But uh, Oh, okay. Yeah, if you're around the joint and you're looking for some insane burgers, then please go and see Z Pickle. Now, Dumbbell Indemnity, before we get into the review, mm-hmm. I just want to throw a shout out to all the patrons who came to our trivia last week. It yeah. was another successful evening. My favorite part of the night was I'm sitting there and Mitch is hosting. I'm behind the, uh, the laptop. Mm-hmm. And I see you look over. And my initial... Off to the left. Off to the left. Um, And I'm thinking to myself, I thought you'd spotted someone on their phone. Because there was an audio question at the time where that should be pointed out. So audio being played. I thought you'd spotted someone on their phone. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, ooh, someone's cheating. Because you looked angry. 
Yeah. Like you, or you look, <laughs> you look suspicious. And I was like, okay. So I'm looking over. Hang on. There's a big difference between angry and suspicious. Like, like, what sort a- of face did I have? It, it, like Angry, intrigued. You're okay. like, as if to say, what are you doing over there kind yeah, of face. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. And I was looking for a light from a phone. I couldn't see anything. And I'm looking, I'm looking. I look back at you and you're... St- you, you stopped and then you look back again. I'm like, no, he's definitely spotted something over there. What What is happening? I don't I, I don't know what's going on. And then all of a sudden, someone's just like, hey, Mitch, <laughs> are you going to say anything? And then you sort of just went, oh, yeah, I'm on stage. <laughs> like, yeah. What happened? So audio question was being played. I don't remember what it was, but I, I had a moment where I didn't really need to be doing anything. And um, I mean, it's no mistake. Oh, sorry, there's no denying the fact that the kitchen staff were fairly inadequately prepared on the trivia night, well, which is not anything to do with us. We didn't organise them, but it kind of reflects upon us. So I'll take it in a, in a moment to properly apologise. Like, it was a weird thing. We're on stage. I'm like, I know that there are people that have waited an hour and a half for their food here, but I don't want to start. I hadn't had a time to actually talk to the kitchen. So I'm like, if I start apologizing, it's kind of a dick move because it's me saying that they've been shit at what they did. Um, but I was one of those people that had been waiting for about two hours. So this audio question's on. And that whole third round, I was thinking in the back of my head, like, Trippy's going to be finished and I won't have had my food. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've already paid. What's going to happen? And then uh, they, I, I looked into the kitchen and I saw those little pink order slips, like the food order slips that were hanging. Um, you know, where people hang them in kitchens and they pulled one down and there were only two left. So I just thought, oh, there's only two to go. I looked at my table and my table didn't have the food yet. I'm like, I must be one of those two. I'm nearly next. How good is this? And then I started fantasizing about the food and then, yeah, you, I heard- You were in your own world. And then I heard someone from the crowd, just Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming it was Nick. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure it was Nick Barber. And I just like, yeah, snap back to reality. And God knows how long I've been standing on stage completely silent for, just staring <laughs> off into the distance. And it's funny because when I wanted to have it, I heard some guy behind me go, is this guy serious? <laughs> <laughs> like, to my left. That's pretty great. Uh, it needs to be addressed. That was for someone from Bode's table. It ne- uh, no, a little bit further up. Ah, okay. yeah. It needs to be addressed. You did some stand-up at the start. Well... I bailed on it because people were not paying a huge amount of attention. Well, they were. They people were. You had the room. The room. I don't know the, that the, I did. You had the room's attention. I don't think. I and did. some guy heckled you, and I almost. No, he didn't heckle me. This is the thing. Like he just. I heard a noise, but it wasn't a heckle. Yeah, I don't know. You just. You go. Okay, and I was like, "Oh, Mitch, please don't shit on somebody. The show hasn't even started yet. Don't put someone down. Don't." Put Sometimes you got to sacrifice one to win the room over. The guy didn't say anything about you. He was just like, obviously, just. Wasn't a fan of the comedy and he was just like talking to his friend. Mm. And then you heckled his hair. Yeah. Why? <laughs> because it had gotten uncomfortable and I needed a laugh to but, get out of it. But the poor guy did nothing wrong. No, he made noise. <laughs> when I've got the big stick in my hand, Dando, then you all be silent. That's it how it works. Know when like any noise... <laughs> like this, the, I, so I wasn't listening at the start. Did people get the jokes at the start? No, no one was listening at the start. No, so the, at the very, very start... Mm. You made a joke about eat like a duck that, and then no one said anything. People were listening at that point and I went around to get, quickly gather my things to get ready for the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were listening at that point. That, well, that wasn't like a belly laugh joke. No, that but was like, just a little... But they were listening at that point. Where did, where did you lose them? Oh, I, I made the crucial error of doing some general housekeeping before anything else. And that was where I lost them. I lost their attention when I started talking about how the night was going to run. Okay. Mm. I gave them information and it was too much. <laughs> 
<laughs> and then he made a sound. And it was just that thing of like, I thought maybe he was trying to get involved because I was also talking about impressions, people coming up for the podcast okay. recording and all that sort of stuff. Because the only reason I looked up is because I heard Bodes go, uh-oh. And I, <laughs> and I look up my I look at Bodes and Bodes looks at me like, something, this isn't good. I look up on stage and you're just like, okay. I'm like, what's happened? Why is he about to have a fight with some guy in the back row? No, no, handled it well. <laughs> Consummate professional. <laughs> I mean, a lot of comedians will pick on people in the front row. Uh, I, I like to go the maverick route and go for the people where you can't quite see or hear what's going on. Where you have time to run away. <laughs> no, mate. I've been going to the gym. I'm fine. Ridiculous. Dumbbell indemnity. I didn't love it. Didn't hate it. It was enjoyable. I enjoyed the escapades of uh, Homer and Mo. Mm. This is... So, Dumbbell indemnity was an episode that... Uh, the, my, I've got a few takeaways, but I'll start with a, it's not even a negative, but what's happened to me in the past with Dumbbell Indemnity is I once turned this on and had kind of forgotten everything about the episode. And once, one day I'm just flicking through the TV and I turned this on about the time that Homer had been imprisoned. And Mm. at that moment, almost no character made any sense. Like I, for that reason, I actually thought that this had come from a much later season. Or that it does feel like that. Whatever yeah. episode, like in that moment, I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it must be late because, like, Mo's been different. Mo's got a girlfriend. Homer's in prison. Like, what the fuck is happening here? Where, like, since when does Springfield have this little prison that he can see out the windows of? Like, a lot of it felt uh, really, really different. When you watch the episode in context, that's not necessarily. A problem. So I'm not even really saying this is a criticism, but it is an episode where they kind of change up some characteristics fairly dramatically. Is is Mo different though, or is it just that he's got a girlfriend? Which is it's different? not so much that he's different as a character, but he, yeah, he's just he's in a very different place. The scenario, the yeah, yeah, I, and I, in a so in a really like Uncle Mo's family restaurant or something like that. If you turn that on halfway through and you're like. Okay, Mo's at a, Mo's now running a family restaurant. That doesn't feel like too big of a leap, but yeah. to, um, there's just a lot that goes on that takes characters into new areas. The thing for me was that there wasn't enough development of Renee. Yeah, yeah. You don't know who she is? Kind of a waste to get Helen Hunt in for that. Yeah, it's just it's just a case of she likes Mo because he's just you know because self pity I guess, mm. and she feels sorry for the guy. But you don't find out. I mean, what you needed to have conversations where. Mo felt like he had to keep spending money. Well, she, yeah. she, she seems like the character who would say, Mo, you can stop buying me things now. Yeah. Buy- but you never once hear her say that. Yeah, that's very true. Like, it, it doesn't quite hit that... Um, she never mistakes him for being rich. No. Like, he just happened to be wearing a suit the first time around or something, but like... He lives in a shitty old shack. Yeah, surely, presumably. Surely she's been to his house. Well, presumably not. They've only gone out places. Mm, maybe. But... What was interesting when I was watching this, so that that whole opening bit, like meeting meeting a florist and then, you know, trying to pretend to be a rich person. Random florist in the middle of the night. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, you would probably not be aware of this, but that is almost identical to the plot of the Charlie Chaplin film, City Lights. Is it really? Okay. Yeah. Now, in that one, he is actually mistaken for being, like, Charlie is the, tr- is the tramp character that mm-hmm. everyone would picture when you think Charlie Chaplin. Um, he's walking down the street. 
Um, I, I don't remember if he buys a florist money or whatever it was, but the florist is blind. She hears a door shut of like a Rolls Royce or something. And then the tramp comes up to her. So she's like, oh, expensive car. And now this guy's talking to me. This guy's obviously rich. Um, the, tr- the tramp befriends or saves a guy who is super rich. So there's like some times where he's, he just gets cashed up and he gives her $5,000 to be able to help. Um, he, you know, wants to move her into the old guy's house and help her mum sick and that sort of stuff. So like it has this really beautiful through line where the tramp is like, I've got to try to keep pretending that I've got money because that is the only reason in this case that she's talking to me and yeah. in his mind and that I'm I'm able to help her out here if I can do that. But yeah, that little bit of driving factor of why Mo needs to keep this charade up doesn't exist other than the fact that Mo is very shallow and he, thinks that he she is, very is also, shallow, yeah. She and by by extension assumes that she must be shallow as well. What do you think of Homer in this? I just felt it odd that Homer's all of a sudden a relationship expert. I know he's terrible at it, but it just felt like, why would he go to Homer and expect Homer to know how to... Well, Homer's married. He's probably one of Mo's only friends that is. He's got Lenny and Carl both married, but he spends all of his time at the bar because he wants to get away from his wife and his kids. Yeah, but if you... But I can see that Mo would still look up to Homer and think he must have it sorted out. Like, think about how... Mo's got. Think about, yeah, think about how low down in life Mo sees himself. One thing about it that I did write down with Mo is that I think there are equal parts, for a lot of guys, there are equal parts pity and recognition in what Mo goes through. Like, you look at him and you think, you know, you poor sap, you poor fool for thinking that this is what you need to do. And, like, it's really easy to judge and go, ah, mate. Like, But it's also a position that I think a lot of people will have found themselves in. And if not necessarily, I need to spend money to impress. Just that idea of I need to keep one-upping myself because I'm in this position that I don't know how to maintain. And Don't don't let her know that I can't afford dinner. Yeah. It's like, it's almost like the good place. It's like, I've made it into heaven. I do not belong here. And I've just got to swim at a million miles an hour to keep myself above the surface. Uh, that that And I think... Not every guy, but I think a lot of guys, particularly as you are first dating people, like before you kind of become comfortable in your own skin, you just, you're always on the lookout for, you know, the worst of me is going to be discovered and then this is all over. It it probably goes both ways. You got to marry him first and then let him see that side of you, right? Uh, Yes, largely. (laughs) Yeah. You want to let out like small hints of it. Yeah. What, so, what's yours, do you think? Oh, you just drop like, yeah, American, Psy- American Psycho is one of my 10 favorite movies. <laughs> and, you, and like, that's all. You just throw it, plant that seed. Um, you know, what do you like? What do you like to read? Oh, Stephen King. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> then the- later on, when you're killing a dog in the backyard, it's like, well, what did you expect? Yeah. American Psycho. I, um, I was in a really weird situation on our first date. So, when we went to village cinemas. Mm. Um. And we first rocked up and I went to the, the, the toilet as soon as we rocked up. We walked out and Nicola had already bought the tickets. Oh, no. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, jeez. I was like, you, I said, no, you have to buy them. She said, no, no, I'll, I bought tickets. That's no, no big deal. I didn't, want you to buy, I didn't want you to buy the tickets. I thought I'd treat you. And I'm like, it's the first date. The girls bought the tickets. What do I do? What do I do? So, so I, bought I have to go to the toilet again. I bought, <laughs> I bought as much from the candy bar as I can afford yep. to, like, for us all to share, but... That, that was just a shock. I've ne- I had never experienced it before. The girl buying the tickets 
whilst I was in the bathroom. What would you do in that situation? I'd be attracted to her. I said, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, yep. I was, I was like, you are one hell of a girl. Yeah. So I yeah. just bought all the stuff in the candy bar, but it yeah. just caught me off guard. I wonder if that's ever happened to anyone Unless else she there. hoodwinked you. Like you were there thinking that you're off to see Terminator 2 and it turns out she's bought tickets to Little Women. <laughs> <laughs> they were Little Women. <laughs> what do you think Helen Hunt, or think of Helen Hunt in this role? It looks, yeah. I mean, she was... It was I always made the, for her, really. She's just got that wholesome Yeah, voice. I was going to say, it's kind of like an every woman role that mm. she plays. She doesn't have to do anything too dramatically heavy lifting or emotionally heavy lifting. She's just very sincere in the way she delivers her lines. I'd be interested to ask her what she thought this character was. Mm. Yeah, it actually would would be interesting to get that sort of insight. Is like, she a gold digger or what is she? Yeah, I definitely don't think she plays her as if she's a gold digger. No. Yeah. But the thing is, I guess... So she, she's never had the conversation with Mo about the money, so she just assumes that Mo has money then because he owns a bar, maybe? Yeah, I mean, they're only early on in dating, so it's not like they would have been opening each other's savings accounts. Because he comes clean at the end. What does she say at the end? Because when he comes clean... When he initially comes clean, she does try to see the good in it. So yeah. It's like you broke the law and you betrayed me, but you're at least trying to set things straight. So it's definitely not about money for her. And she acknowledges that he's done something pretty shit, but she's like, all right, well, he's trying to do the right thing. And she doesn't actually leave until he starts... The corpse digging. Yeah, exactly. But going down that path of, no, 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 let's let's do this. Let's keep going, let's keep going in this direction. Uh, what was your favourite moment from the episode? Uh, I had a few that... I was that were kind of fighting for my attention in yeah. this one. Uh, so, how many of you did you, have you just have the one that you've written down? I had a couple. I had the Geronimo and then for straight back in the car, just the visual of him rolling on the rock and back in. That was fantastic. That's the visual. Yeah, yeah. But the moment well, this, this, this could come in handy and then banging him on the head with it. Yeah, that was pretty great. <laughs> yeah. That was that was a nice little throwback to the Spider Verse. Sorry, the the spider spider verse. into the spider verse. Yeah, Spider Man's got to me. The what? spider and the quoted Bible verse throwing a rock, kind of. It's, it's that same beat in this. Yeah, joke. exactly. I realistically though don't think anyone could have seen that coming as a joke. Uh, one of my second, and I uh, no, I definitely didn't see it coming either. It was just when it happens, you're like, ah, yes, <laughs> nice. It's always funny when it's a moment. Yeah. Um, one of the other ones that I give a shout out to was Marge's understanding. Of like, what do you see in Mo? Well, at first it was just pity. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that. Yeah, I've been there. And again, I would imagine quite a few women have been there as well. But it's the, no offense, but what do you see in him? Yeah. <laughs> um, Barney's heroics. I really liked the way that was drawn. That I, was excellent. That was great. I loved Barney jumping through the window to get away from paying his bar tab. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great. Uh, but my absolute... Um, favorite was Homer imagining like what would Marge say? Homer, I insist you steal this car. <laughs> I wasn't really paying attention at that moment. I had to go back and went. Yes, I did hear right. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's how I ended up buying a car without telling Ash. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> Volkswagen. What should I do, Mitch? I insist you buy this car. You wouldn't even think of what Ash wanted. Well, you forgot Ash existed for, te- for five minutes there, right? In, in, in your world, all that existed was, was yourself in, and that car. When I was looking into the kitchen the other <laughs> yeah. night, yeah. From this day forward, your name shall be... I've got one this week. Oh, okay, good. Now, I haven't looked at any of the patrons, uh, so I'm not sure whether I've doubled up. Okay. I've got no money, mo problems. So, mo with an E. Yeah, gotcha. I'm sure that has actually been submitted about seven times. Damn. Uh, but hey, good, good, good stuff. I'm just bringing up the patrons ones. As I do that, mine this week was... 
Tiamo. Not bad. Thank you. With the E? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love you in whatever language that is. <laughs> Beck Lehman, Disco Infermo. Disco Infermo. That's not bad. Yeah. It sort of brings in a... The a disco's not quite there, but the Inferno element... No, the element. disco is. They go to the disco. Stu's disco. Oh, that's right. They're at yeah. Stu's disco. Yeah, that's pretty good. Jake Taylor with the barman always rings twice. Mm-hmm. It's not too bad. Well, Kenny Gad, you've missed an opportunity. He said, Doe, where's my car? But I would have thought, Mo, where's my car? No, because you're not asking Mo where he's... It's not nah, yeah. true. Nick Barbaro, Hawaii 5 Mo. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Mad about Mo got a run from a few too many people for me to name them. Mm. Hopeless Momantic from Garoad Harryhill. Not bad. Yeah, I, I was I was a pretty. I was I enjoyed that one actually. Um, all right, and one more. Yeah, the very first comment actually, Mo money, Mo problems. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> was it Mo money, Mo problems? Yeah. I've got no money, Mo problems. Mo problems. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's right. Thank God I've remembered this, um, and now I've now I've remembered uh, what my final words are going to be. Henrik Winterland with Livin La Vida Mocha. <laughs> that was on at work the other day. Now, did I? What a song! Yeah. <laughs> oh, you you might have been in the booth. I wrote lyrics to Living La Vida Mocha, and I sang them to Boats. Boats was very impressed. You, when did you have time to do that? When I saw that comment, I just they flowed out of me. Oh, okay. Yeah. I feel like Boats is going to actually sing Purple Drapes now. By the way. I hope he does. <laughs> For people that are, yeah, so Bode's King of the Simpsons covers was let in on a little four-finger discount secret of we we yeah sang purple drapes to him, and he had it stuck in his head for the next twenty minutes. I think he's realised <laughs> that it's possibly the greatest thing that's ever been committed to musical history. It's the greatest thing we've ever done on this podcast. Yeah, it's it's bigger than the podcast. It you could start your own purple drapes podcast yeah. where people <laughs> analyse the moment that I came up with purple drapes. <laughs> Like second by second? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like minute by minute of that one section of that one podcast. Yep. <laughs> Next question. You there, eating the paste. I've only got a couple, so I'll kick off this week. Oh, okay. Alrighty, so I'm going to start with, who was dancing with Princess Cashmere at Stu's Disco? Ah, well, it's very yours? funny that you would ask that. No, because my question was, which character was Otto dancing with? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm going to say Princess Cashmere. Yeah, right. And I reckon she was dancing with Otto. Yes. I um, I saw Luann Van Houten there. Now, was she dancing with Rainier Wolfcastle or with her Chaz? It would make more sense if it was the Gladiator. Because Luann... they look vaguely familiar. Yeah, Luann had dyed her hair brown. Did you notice oh, that? really? No, yeah. I hadn't. She got on Maggie Roswell. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, when you get middle age, you tend to throw some wash through there just to hide the greys. Some wash? A rinse. Well, she's blue. She's like grey. Yeah, true. Yeah, but I mean, grey can come in from anywhere. Have you? Were you with Ash when she had dark hair? Yes, I was. Yeah, I remember that. It threw me off. Mm. It's just I don't know. I, I just completely. It was. It was black. Black, right? It was yeah, like a, it was a jet black. She'd also had blonde for a while, actually. I reckon she might have been blonde first, and then she went jet black, and then has gradually just let it go back out to a more natural state. Yeah, yeah. Would you? Would you? Be fine with her going to the back to the black. I, I have equal opinion of all of their hair colors. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on their hair color. It's Smart like, man, you're learning. It's like you know, um, you know the seismometer, uh, seismometers, the things that like record earthquakes and stuff like Richter that. Scale. Yeah, well, the Richter scale yeah, yeah, is how they measure yeah, yeah, the thing yeah. that yeah flicks up and down. That if like you showed detector. me, yeah, if you showed me three different photos of ashes, it'd just be flat line. Just, just yeah. <laughs> So you're saying you don't find any of them 
particularly more attractive than the other? Nope. I'm getting, I'm getting nothing out of can't, you. You can't go <laughs> higher than 10 out of 10, Dando. I feel like you've commented on a hair color once, got in trouble for it, and you ain't going to do it again. No, 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 no. I just never want to give her a, give her a complex. So, I've never <laughs> I think shared... it's a compliment then. No, no, no I'll compliment her um, once a month. Um, but I never... I wouldn't want to give her a, a hair complex. Although, actually, on the subject of Ash's hair, she went and picked up a GHD secondhand today off you know, like Facebook online sales or something yeah, yeah. like that. Allow me to share hair with listeners... For those who don't know. The guys yeah, yeah. Uh, a very good brand of hair straightener. Allow me to share with listeners the lengths that women might go to for a GHD. I'm, I, who, who's saying this, by the way? Ash is sending this to me. Okay. I feel silly for saying this, but I'm picking up a GHD from a dress yeah. after work. It's only two or so years old, and this guy is selling it for 20 bucks for a good used condition. The only possible options that make sense to me is, A, he's a dude and doesn't understand he could be getting close to $150 for it. B, it's a piece of shit, but he's not saying anything. Brackets, buyer beware. C, he's luring me in with the promise of a cheap new straightener and he's going to kidnap me. I'm going to look in C. Yeah. Uh... I think it's only one of the first two options, but for 20 bucks, I'm happy to risk it. (laughs) (laughs) And you never seen her her again? I told her to message me at 4.10 or I'll call the popo. And she messaged you? Yeah, she got Okay, so she's alive. Okay, that's good. She sent me a photo of her new GHD. And it's fine? Well, she's got to plug it in and see if it works. I reckon the guy's just had no idea. Mm. Probably probably just selling his daughter's shit. And she's going to come back home saying, where's my GHD? Sold it for 20 bucks. Yeah, she's probably like promised to mow the lawns or walk the dog or something like that and then hasn't for the third week in a row. He's like, that's fucking it. Do you know what Nicola's dad, her stepdad did? Threatened if she... Did, uh, she kept leaving clothes on the floor or something or something like that and her dad said, if you keep doing it, I'm going to cut the cord on your hair straightener. And she did it again and he fucking cut the cord on her hair straightener. Wow. Yeah. What a man. It's brutal. <laughs> <laughs> For many, that's more upsetting than cutting the cord on like your the grandparents. <laughs> oh yeah, that's extreme, eh? Unless you follow through with these threats. As a parent, you've got to learn you've got to follow through with your threats. Like you did with your sister. You've got to follow through with these internet. You remember the internet? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the last night that she spent at our house. <laughs> Turned the internet off for my sister and she moved back in with dad in protest. <laughs> Oh, man. Alrighty. One way to get rid of millennials. Turn the internet A couple off. hours in an afternoon was all it was. I'm pretty sure she got home from work at one and I was going to be home from work at five. Was it because she left plates in the bedroom or something? Ah, it was... Uh, yes. Several things. Yeah, it was constant food. Being yeah. a millennial. Yeah. Yeah, be, well, just being a teenager. There's nothing about millennial. Don't don't start throwing the word millennial <laughs> around, mate. Are you going to have to start calling into Neil Mitchell on 3AW and complaining about, you know... Oh, I put the bins out on a Monday, and then when I came back on the Tuesday, they'd been tipped over onto the ground. Bloody millennial truck drivers is what it is. <laughs> Sounds like you listen to this stuff. Yeah, um, did you hear... Probably not. This is super, super local. Neil Mitchell is an old man, and grumpy old men call in to Neil Mitchell's radio program. During the election, Neil was in the booth doing like, you know, live election election coverage and getting in um, calls. Yeah. One of his listeners fell asleep while they were waiting to be put on. 
So really? like we got to go to you know Dale and Craig. What time, what time of day is this? Uh, it was probably I don't know after the election being called. So say it's ten oh, o'clock at yeah, night yeah. or something. Not super late, like nine ten on a Saturday. On a Saturday night. night. It's like we'll go to Dale and Craigie Bird. <laughs> you just hear this. <laughs> I love that they haven't screened it. They're like make sure the guy's still awake. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing. Have you actually heard it? Yep. We'll add like they played it on Triple M the next like the following Monday. They're like. That they Will Anderson in particular likes to um, make fun of Neil Mitchell wherever possible uh, for being old and and out of date and having an old audience. So having that happen was that was enough to get fifteen minutes of material on Triple M. What is what is that clip where it's a station like that, but the guy gets really outraged because he the guy swears the caller swears at him. Oh. and he gets really offended by it. Might be Alan Jones. Sounds like something he would have yeah. done. Yeah, do you know the, the clip I'm talking Vaguely, about? Vaguely, yeah. He starts talking like he sort of like no 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 like sort of cuts yeah. him off like that and gets <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so should we get into the review? Anything else we should mention before we get into it? Um. Oh, trivia! You gotta ask me some more trivia. Oh yeah. Uh, what was the icon for the Marine World on the sign? The Marine World. I'm gonna say a dolphin. It was indeed a dolphin. Well done. What time was Homer going to be put in the exercise yard? 11 a.m.? 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock, damn. I've got a, what does Mo order at the restaurant? Oh. No, I don't know. It's the best thing stuffed with this, the second best thing. Pork stuffed with... Nope. Nah, Think crustacean. Crab stuffed... Lobster. Lobster stuffed with crab? Stuffed with tacos. <laughs> oh, with tacos? <laughs> Jesus. Like my burger was stuffed with tacos from the pickle. Yeah? Um, what... Night is ladies' night at Moe's, is my final question. I believe on a previous episode it was Tuesdays. It is still Tuesday, yeah. <laughs> it was a poster in the background. Okay, good. Um, the only other thing that I was going to mention, this is a really cool bit of animation that... I don't know why they decided to do this, but I'm assuming that it might have been because of the Mad About You uh, influence of having Helen Hunt mm. come in, that when Mo meets her... And a couple other times throughout the episode, just the streetscape of Springfield looks very New Yorky. Okay, like her, yeah. her little stall, like the flower vendor stall, mm-hmm. just the facades of the buildings and that sort of thing. It just, just a stall in general doesn't it, feel like a Springfield. Yeah, kind, like kind it, of thing. it just kind of looked like it was a uptown New York uh, vibe, which was kind of cool. Similar to when um when Marge becomes a cop, it's got a very New York feel to it as well. Yeah, would... probably because a lot of cop shows are. Certainly were set there, there yeah, and still are set there. Yeah. Now, also, we were mentioning the names before. They wanted to originally call this Mutual of Momama. Oh, oh yeah. Mutual Momaha. Momaha. It was like a throwback to a mutual lending society type thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a really good example in he- in this episode. Of, we get asked about these all the time. Of yeah, jokes yeah. that you don't get as a kid that yes. you then get as an adult. What Did you pick up on it from um, Bart? What was it? I probably got it in my notes. Bart comes running out and... Uh, or is it the final? It's in the end. Um, when Homer has converted the house to a replica oh, the, of Moe's. The, the condom machine. There's a balloon machine in yes. the bathroom. Yeah. 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 As a kid, you have no idea. No. I still, I still don't get it. What does it mean? It means that there's water balloons on tap. It's <laughs> <laughs> just literal. <laughs> I'm just looking at when Mad About You finished to see whether Mad About You are still on TV at this point. Um, I don't know whether it was. What was the air date for this one? So this aired in... It would have been in syndication. It, ju- it was just about to finish. It was still going. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, and even if it wasn't, like, Mad About You got rerun still... for a long time. You don't say it anymore, though. It was one of the biggest no. shows on TV in the 90s, but you've... why do you just do you think it has much 
replay value? Doesn't does it feel oh, like there's a lot of shows that you don't see anymore? Like it's you know, there's a lot that, of were new that shows big, that have been made. That were that big in the nineties? You got friends, Raymond, mm. Seinfeld, they all get done. Drew Carey's another one, doesn't get yeah, played that's that often. True. I'll we watched it last night. Fucking Drew Carey's such a great show. Mm. Yeah, it'd be interesting. One, it'd be interesting to see if Mad About You like how well it stands up. I feel like it. I, I don't. I don't remember any specific. Plot I never point watched it of an episode, yeah. but I just do feel like Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt were two very good, great actors and actresses. Yeah. Well, yeah, like they were a really well matched TV couple, mm. and I feel like for that reason, there should be no reason that it wouldn't, you know, sust- have sustainability. That if you watched it now, it would still work. I say that. I could turn it on. There'd be like three homophobic jokes in the first act. <laughs> There'll be no black people. <laughs> You'd be like, oh my God. Poor Reiser, blackface. <laughs> the thoughts of Mitch Grinner did not, ref- did not reflect the thoughts of Four Figure Discount. Before we get into the review, one last question. Favourite Helen Hunt performance, favourite Paul Reiser performance? Well, favourite Helen Hunt performance is obviously Twister. Twister. <laughs> like, it's just... Um, what, when, what Women Want... Was that her? That was, that was her. I'll tell you. I'm 90% sure she was in What Women Want. Mm-hmm. She's very, very good in As Good As It Gets. Yes. I think, to be fair, As Good As It Gets is her best performance. You reckon? But it's still going to be Twister. Your, it's your favourite performance. Yeah. Yeah, just as a favourite thing, if I'm watching a Helen Hunt movie, statistically speaking, it's Twister. So what was that film you just asked about? What Women Want. Mel Gibson. Yeah, Mel Gibson. I remember the cover. What Women Want. Let's double check. Riser for me, it's got to be Aliens. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other movies. It was it was Helen Hunt. Thank you. I love Riser in Beverly Hills Cop. He's got such a yes. small role, but he's excellent in there. Uh, also, Riser in The Aristocrats, which technically is not even a performance because he's only being interviewed about a joke, but he's really great. Okay. Whilst we're looking it up, I just realised Mad About You is going to be rebooted, starring Helen Hunt and Paul Riser. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's amazing. Apparently announced in March. So they're going full Will and Grace, just go on the same cast. On Wednesday, do a new season. It has picked up a Mad About You limited series. The Sony Pictures television produced reboot will include the original cast of Hunt and Riser, who will return as a married couple, respectively. Actually, there you go. Paul Riser, very good in Whiplash. Okay. Yeah, kind of playing against type. He just plays the father of the main character in Whiplash and plays it pretty straight, but he's, he's really good in that role. So maybe because this show's been rebooted, they'll start replaying the previous series. You would think that would have to. You'd have to remind people. Actually, what yeah, like that. Rose, there is a bit of a trend now. Actually, like that—that's the third or fourth show that I can think of. Will and Grace, Roseanne, Full House. Yeah, interesting. What other show would you like to have come back as the older version of themselves? The older version of themselves. Frankly, Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. And just see... Well, it has been done. That has been done. Oh, has it been done? No, okay. it's, it's being done. Because oh, okay. um, Luke Perry was going to be in it, but he passed away. Or maybe ah, they filmed right. some stuff with Luke Perry. Something about... Yeah. Okay. Um, it, the go-to has always be Seinfeld. But Welcome back, Connor. Work. They're all dead. <laughs> Except for like Vinnie Barbarino. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> um, uh, Seinfeld wouldn't work now. No. Not as a full-fledged series. It doesn't have to be a comedy. It doesn't even have to be good. <laughs> it could be whatever you want. VIP starring Pamela Anderson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, Xena, Warrior Princess. Hercules? Yeah, that could be good. What's, the, what's the quote he says where he, he says the, the, the what oh, was written on? Christ, if no, I know. No, he, 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 instead of saying, instead of acting it out, he says what was on the script. Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> is that in there? <laughs> oh, what is it? 
Kevin Sorbo, he's, oh, I'm going to quickly look it up. It's amazing. I'm sure we've spoken about it on the, on the podcast. Kevin Sorbo, mistake. Ah, he says, disappointed. When you're supposed to act disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> and they left it in. Oh, that's great. <laughs> Do you want to watch it quickly? <laughs> no, no. Kevin Sorbo, my- disappointed. He just goes, disappointed. That is so good. All right. It's we- going to be how I start emoting from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Dumbbell and Debity. Uh The original air date was March 1st, 1998 What were you doing on March 1st, 1998? March 1st, 1998 I was 10 uh, So I've already had my birthday had your birthday party, yeah Yeah Presumably I'm like still getting some shelf life out of a Nintendo game Or something that I would have got for my birthday Yeah, the A haven't cracked the shits of it or B clocked it yet Yeah, so like I don't know. When was Donkey Kong Country released? 92, 91. No, no, it's 64. Sorry, oh, Donkey, 60, Donkey, Donkey Kong 64. 64. Sorry. Um, I'll tell you. It'd be about that time. Super Mario 64 was about the same time as well. Donkey Kong 64 release. Oh, that was 1999. A 64 game of some description. Yeah, let's... let's um, Or if, if not 64, it might have even still just been Mortal Kombat or something like that. Okay. Were you a Mortal Kombat kind of kid though? On Super Nintendo, yeah. Okay, yeah. Obviously, I went straight to PlayStation. I had the um, Tekken 3, Eddie Gordo. Ah, yeah. Just yeah. kicking everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yes, the original edit, March 1st, 1998. The chopboard gag is silly string is not a nasal spray. And couch gag, the Simpsons are sitting on the couch and they get crushed into a cube. They have 20 minutes to remove the cube. <laughs> How does the episode start off, Mitch? Uh, it starts off with the kids having an ice cream fight. Yes. Which is... Snowball fight. Yeah, snowball fight. <laughs> Now, like my first thing, I'm not sure that you would feel the nuts in it or that they would be like any harder than just getting hit in the face with a frozen glob. Yeah. But, you know, we'll go with that. How angry would you get if you came home and you found Elliot doing this in eight years' time? I'd be fucking livid. Yeah. (laughs) Because it would stay in the wall. Yeah. Yeah. Like this. And be hard to get off and it would be sticky. It'd smell good. No, it smelled great. Yeah. Yeah. Until the milk goes sour. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. If you had time to prepare, if you like went out and Dexter style covered your entire house in plastic sheeting and then had an mm. ice cream fight, that'd be some fun times. Yeah. You know, the other day, Nicola texted me. She came home. So she left Jet's food on his bowl. He wouldn't go out because it was raining, spitting rain. He won't go outside when it's raining. So she leaves his food bowl on his blanket, opens the door a fraction for him to go in and out when she's out of the house. Is, is Jet aware that he's a dog? <laughs> he has no idea. <laughs> um, sleeps in between us every night. Anyway, so she comes home. There is... Seven pigeons, I uh, set seven doves in our kitchen area flying around like maniacs because they'd come in to eat his food. Seven? Seven. Because we've got like 10 that just hang out in the backyard and just live out there in the bushes and stuff. They'd all come the in. Home Alone 2 lady out there? <laughs> <laughs> just, oh. they um They came in and they couldn't figure out how to get back out. So Nicholas said there were these doves sitting there, but Jed had gone up to the front room, didn't realize there was doves in the house. So when he walks up to the kitchen with Nicola, he starts barking. Elliot starts crying. Doves are flying around everywhere. <laughs> Shit's going everywhere. Like oh. actual bird shit just going. I got home. Nicola hadn't cleaned it yet. There was just bird shit everywhere. You know what? <sighs> That's the moment where I leave the house. <laughs> like if I was you Nicola. But when you have a child, you can't do that anymore. No, I just make a decision that I'm never coming back. <laughs> like, All right. It's like, it's like you play in The Sims and you just go, no, nah, this has gone too far. I'm starting again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. So, I get home. Jet's locked in this room. Elliot's screaming in the the baby's room. The the window, the um, 
flywires off the windows everywhere, all the windows, so the birds can get out. There's bird shit up the walls, bird shit on the kitchen table, bird shit across the floor, bird shit on my laptop. Nicola's dressed like Van Pelt from <laughs> Jumanji, <laughs> getting the couple stragglers to the left. I just, I wish there was a GoPro in the house at that point in time because it would have been some would've classic been comedy. Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But anyway, that's what happened in the Dando household last week. That's pretty phenomenal. <laughs> uh, anyway, we get the, the kids can't take a bath because the hot water surface has um, has shit itself. Shit itself, and and <laughs> is that an Australian term? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> not, uh, not working. And just, uh, like, another Australian thing, by the way, I think is just straight up, it's fucked. It's fucked. Shit yeah. itself. What's up with hot water service? She's fucked. Ah, uh, motor shit itself. <laughs> um, Homer trying to fix it here. I've been watching the HBO miniseries Chernobyl, and that's basically what happens. But it's great. <laughs> it is really, really good. But that's exactly what I th- was thinking of here. It's like, just someone not at all qualified to do what they're trying to do. I've, I've read a review where someone said it's a bit ridiculous that Homer would do this. It's, I feel like the character now, this is well within what the character would do. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's tried to throw brute force at problems before. I yeah. like the fact that he's wearing a welder's mask. To, do it. <laughs> to throw you off, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's so different to when he tries to fix his toaster or something. Where he's like, yeah. easy with a hammer and then yeah. bang. Oh, it's a toaster or a camcorder. I I'll think that cam- might be when Marge said, I gave him my cam... I had yes. to sacrifice yeah. my camcorder. <laughs> uh, how great is the visual of all the water coming out of the house? Yeah, it is really, really good. <laughs> and, hi, sweetie, I'm off to Mo's love you. Excellent. Get away. Yes. Always works. Always works. And then a toast to Marge. <laughs> yeah. To Marge. And all the blissful years I've spent hiding from her in this bar. <laughs> Yeah, big deal. You got a wife. I got a rash. Who cares? Yeah, I'm sorry, Homer. It's just, it's been four years since my last date with a, what you call it, a woman. Whatever happened to your mail-order bride? Ah, uh, she got homesick for her old life, diving for tourist pennies in a Micronesian swamp. So, her career got in the way. So basically, we realize here that Mo is, would you say jealous of what Homer has? Mm, not so much jealous of Homer. I think it's He's more just lonely. Bitter that he doesn't have somebody. Yeah. Yeah, bitter that he's alone, so you see it in someone else. It's like when you're broken up with someone and you see someone in the street holding hands with the other person and you just want to kill them. Mm, exactly, that happens like, all the time. Yeah, like motherfuckers. Look at you being happy. <laughs> I'm just like that when I see people smile now. <laughs> you like it when you see people well-rested. Yeah. <laughs> just Look at you without bags under your yeah. eyes. <laughs> uh, so, I was going to ask you. So, Mo here, do you feel like he deserves to be lonely as a character? Because uh, we've seen in the past, he, does, yes. he obviously has, he can be mean, he has some negative traits, he does a lot of illegal, illegal shit, but things like reading to the homeless. So there's a nice guy in there, there's a gentle person in there, we just don't get to see it. Mm. Is that enough to justify him deserving somebody? All right. Does he deserve somebody? Let's flip this around. Okay. If Nicola had every trait that Mo had, you, Would you, you list say the traits, list the traits. So, but, but, well, but still look like Nicola. Ugly, hate-filled man. <laughs> so, if she was an ugly, hate-filled woman, yeah, that ran a failing business, often like ran illegal. Is most failing? Oh well, presumably not failing. It's not going well either. Just, There's only ever six patrons yeah, in there. Yeah. Um, ran illegal gambling businesses on the side, smuggled whales, smuggled pandas, just You've never smuggled any. Prone to violence, prone to anger. All of that, would you stay with her because she read a book 
at the hospital or to the homeless or whatever it was. I'm not saying just because of that act. I'm saying the, the fact that he would do that means that there is a good person in there somewhere. Very deep down. Yeah. It, but is it the case of he... It's just a cartoon. So we shouldn't... I know it feels like we're going too far into it. But is it a case of the character puts on this facade because he's scared of rejection? Uh, maybe it's more that he's been rejected a bunch of times and he's been led down that path. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are very much like Mo, where they're almost afraid of looking for a relationship now because, like you said, they've been shut down a few times mm. and they just can't take the rejection. I'm sure they would be, yeah. And they're probably really, really nice people if you showed them, not the love they deserve, but if you just showed them something. Maybe some of them. <laughs> not great. So you don't think Mo deserves to be happy? Uh, not at this point. Not over. Not off the last nine years of what we've seen of Mo. Maybe there was a point in time where Mo has unfairly been led to the position that he's in right now. But there, since... There, there, there is an episode way on the track that Liz Klimo, her first episode that she worked yeah. on, um, where he and Edna Kay were originally going to get married. Gotcha. You see a whole side of Mo okay. that's completely yeah, changed. So yeah, like, so there could be, could be all of that. But based on the nine seasons that we've had with Mo, no, he's irredeemable. Irredeemable? Poor Mo. He, he did the right thing here by Homer. He's a good friend. Did he? Eventually. <laughs> it took a lot. But Homer does the wrong thing usually, but eventually does the right thing, and you forgive him for that. Yeah, true. Anyway, so where are we up to? So, yeah, Mo's pretty much just saying to Homer, I want, he's, he's reaching out saying, I want, I, I want somebody. Hmm. So Homer says, I'll take you under my wing and I'll take you to Stu's disco. Yeah. I thought Stu didn't advertise. Good point. <laughs> the disco was great. This disco reminded me of maybe Lambies. Bridge long reference, Lambies. Mm. Um, oh, maybe Lambies no, no. ever have a disco? I, ball? I'm going to say Sphinx. It's def- I'm just having a look. By the way, it's definitely not Rainier Wallcastle. Um, yeah, Sphinx. Sphinx Saturday I've, night. Yeah, I've not spent a lot of time at never, Sphinx. I've never been there, but I can I assume that's the crowd. <laughs> it's probably where Homer would go. Yeah, it would take Mo at least. Yeah. yeah. Um, but Mo would just continuously get shut down. I did feel sorry for him when he thinks that the chick's talking to him, but she's just trying to sell him the, the Bacardi. Yeah. That would happen. That would have happened a number of times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a pretty brutal first um, rejection, by the way. Do you mind if I have this dance? It's all yours. Yeah, I know. And he just dances backwards. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love Homer. Sorry, this was, uh, this was a great thing from him. Okay, I won't lie to you. A lot of people, people saw, saw that. that. <laughs> But he's still like trying to keep him calm. Yeah. One thing we've missed here in my notes, when the thing's about to blow, he yells out, out of my way, she's going to blow, pushes his own children out of the way to save himself. Back, oh, back, back a few scenes. Back, yeah, back <laughs> yeah. in the hot water service. Yeah. This uh, Actually, the Mo Homer thing, if you want a modern version of this scene, okay. it's, it's kind of Ryan Gosling and Steve Carell in... Um, the hell was that movie called? Crazy Stupid Love? Okay. Yeah. Which is really, really good. I don't know if you've ever seen Crazy Stupid Love. No, I've seen the Russell Crowe one. The Good Guys, was it? Oh, The Good Guys with yeah. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Um, no, uh, Crazy Stupid Love is really great comedy, um, romantic comedy. And What's that? I understand it's Punch Drunk Love, which I've heard is really good as well. Uh, yes, it is. More art house. Crazy Stupid Love is pretty accessible. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, so it's been four years since Moe's had a date. Um, and if he realises here, maybe I'm never, ever going to get anybody. They go outside... And then we hear the voice, and it's just that girl next door voice, isn't it? Yeah. it? Would you say girl next door? Not even that. It's more. It's kind of like what they get Maggie Roswell to do on a weekly basis. It's the, yeah, like you said at the start, the every woman. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 
that ass nobody for Mo. I'm just gonna die lonely and ugly and dead. Well, hello, Mary Sunshine. Huh? No, cheer up. Here, have a flower. All right, come on, what's the catch? A gorgeous woman don't just hand you a free daffy dill. Really? You think I'm gorgeous? Yeah, well, the part that's showing. I guess you could have a lot of weird scars or a fake ass or something. You don't talk to a lot of women, do you? Well, no, no, well, no, not a lot. I, gee, I'm sorry. I used to box, you know. My brain's, well, it's kind of in and out. Oh, that's awful. And look at your little ears. Yeah, it is extensive cauliflowering. Well, your bow tie is just darling. Ah, uh -huh. oh, well, thanks. <laughs> yeah, it kind of draws the eye away from the old mug. I like a face with character. Let's get out of here, Mo. This is going nowhere. Yeah, I... Uh, look, I don't suppose you'd never want to, uh... I don't know, get together sometime. You mean like a date? Well, I don't know. Ah, what was I thinking? of <laughs> A beautiful girl like you and a gargoyle like me. I, I, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. I didn't say no, exactly. Really? Hot damn! Why, don't eat nothing for the next three days, because I'm taking you out for a steak the size of a toilet seat. Well, <laughs> when you put it that way... My name is Renee. Who cares? You're going out with me. <laughs> She's going out with me, cat. Stop kissing that cat and get in the car. She's perfect for it, Helen Hunt. Um, and here, Mo's actually quite charming. Until he starts talking about weird scars and a fake ass. Yeah, that's true. You don't talk to a <laughs> lot of women, do you? <laughs> but yeah, it's, we just get to see a side of Mo here that we aren't used to. And you said at the start that you sort of that threw you off a bit. Like you weren't... You didn't like this side of mine, I guess? It's not that I didn't... No, no, no. It's not that I didn't like it. It's more that... Felt jarring. Or, yeah, like almost any other episode. If you turn it on, like, at any moment, like throughout throughout the first however many seasons, turn it on at any moment, you're still going to recognize the characters. You turn this episode on 15 minutes in and you don't recognize anyone that you're seeing. They look the same, but they're speaking different. They're doing different things. I'll give you that. Yeah. He's like a little teenager here. I like Homer's almost taking the dad role. Get in the yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we get the I'm a believer montage. So Mo's just in love. A honeymoon phase. Is that what it's called when it's just a new relationship? The honeymoon phase? The honeymoon phase. phase. Yeah, I believe so. Mm. They're at the Gilded Truffle with Marge and Homer. We mentioned earlier Marge asks Renee what does she actually see in him. Mm -hmm. And we get the seeds planted here that Mo's spending too much money. Like when he booked out all the seats in the cinema and things like that. And as a... As well, a, even buying all of the flowers yeah. on the... Uh, sorry, all of the balloons on the date. As a regular viewer, you'd be like, Mo can't afford this. Yeah. Yeah, I want to send her two dozen roses. And I want to put something nice on the card, like, um... Uh, Renee, my treasure. <laughs> uh, shut up, bro. Where my stool down your throat? Uh, uh, no, no, no. I don't want that on the card. But let me hear how it sounds. Nah, nah. Take it out. Take it out. And charge it to my players' club card. Maxed out? <sighs> Look, I really need these flowers, okay? I got a real tenuous hold on my girlfriend here. Hello? Hello? <coughs> well, that's it. It's all over. Renee ain't gonna want to hang around with no Joe Pinchpenny. Oh, come on, Mo. Think of all you have to offer besides money. Hmm. I need cash and lots of it. Um, all right, everybody. I'm calling in your bar tabs. <laughs> You bunch of ungrateful ingrates, you...
Calls in all the tabs because he needs money and everyone bails. It was fucking hilarious. You know the line. So this was um, this is one of the lines that before he calls in the tabs. This is one of the lines that made me uh, empathize and really connect with the plight that he was in. Not the specifics of it, but it was the sentence. I got a real tenuous hold of my girlfriend here. Where again, I think anyone has been in a relationship at some point where you're like, oh man, this is going south. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what's it like? It's like. Stretching, you're holding on by one hand. Stretching, yeah, it's cliffhanger, yes. and like your rubber glove is just starting to slip, and you're like, I'm, I'm there, I'm, I'm, but something's got to change, or I'm falling. It's, it's Bart <laughs> with the caterpillar, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> and usually we don't save it. No, no, because human beings, for the most part, are failures and fuck ups. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny when you you're in those relationships and you just. It's like you just mutually know when it's done. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this is finished. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, everyone's bad out the windows. I thought Barney going through was just great. Homer suggests selling his car. Mo says it's not worth anything, but the insurance job. Regardless of the characters, whether they're being themselves or not, I felt like the insurance part of this thing, like that sort of aspect of the, of the episode was hilarious. Oh, yeah, it was. It was really, really funny. It was really, really funny. It was probably peak Homer in that as well. Yeah. He's involved in the scheme. He gets easily sidetracked. Homer, you genius. (laughs) (laughs) Distracted. Is it it, um, Apes? Not Apes of Popper. Commander-in-Chief. Commander-in-Chief. It's always a monkey movie. Yeah. (laughs) Come on, Homer. I'm one of your dearest friends. When everybody said you were too drunk to drive that time, who gave you your keys? Well, you did, but... I still don't know. I can just imagine what Marge would say. Homer, I insist you steal that car. I'll do it. The planning of the scheme is fantastic. So good. Here's the plan. This model, this model car represents, represents my car, and this olive is you. Oh, eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Okay. Now the car's going to have to re- represent you, and this little toy man will represent the car. She <laughs> keeps up with it. I think this is not going to work. <laughs> Homer's line here about all your troubles will be gone for a couple of months. So true. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's just band-aids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're putting posters over cracks in the wall. Yes, exactly right. Homer wearing all black at dinner. Like, Homer's outfits when he's doing things like this is amazing. This was another favourite moment of mine. Just the acting is fantastic. Yes, it's very stonecutters. Why like, all the I'm black? Going out Why all the st- pearls? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going out to stock. <laughs> yeah, it's very much like that. Yep. <laughs> You're not up. You're not up to. Oh, you're up to something, aren't you? No, I'm just going out to commit certain deeds. Yeah, it's actually a pretty elaborate scheme. It could have worked if Homer didn't fuck it up. Could have worked really easily. Yeah. Although, I, I mean, could have just gone off the cliff in the first place. Putting it on the train tracks to get hit by a car is pretty dangerous. Like that's bringing in a lot of chance for innocent people to die. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like that train derails. Or the driver just cops it in the face. Yeah. There's a lot of ways that that goes bad. Never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, off the cliff, I mean, yeah, that'd work. Or even just set it on fire. Or just drive it... How many insurance jobs have you done? <laughs> just drive it interstate or hide it somewhere that it'll never be found and go, hey, my car's stolen. It's gone. Have you ever pondered an insurance job when you were a teenager? I think everyone does, but yeah. as soon as you, as soon as you hear the concept of insurance, as you're as like, as hang you, on a second. As soon as you hear how much money your car could be worth, you're like, Ooh. I think, like, I shouldn't say this on air in case it ever happens, but 
I'd we're not teenagers anymore. I'd long had a dream, not a dream, but a plan. I was like, if I ever was out and about and I broke a forearm or something or a wrist, I'd be like, hightail it to my nearest supermarket and then fall over. Does it still work though? Yeah. Really? Like, as long as it had just happened. So, like, say it's fresh. Say you're out skateboarding and you break your arm. And you, as long as... If you, Even you, if you just fall over and don't slip on something. I feel like, I mean, as a lawyer, I am not encouraging people to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but I had thought, yeah, I was like, well, if I had a busted arm and then I just made my way into a supermarket and I pretended to trip on anything, really, drop a grape to the ground, slip on the grape, hit the deck, and then, ah, my arm! Georgia, our resident lawyer, write in, let us know. Can what, this happen? Like, if you did it soon enough, how are they going to prove that you didn't break it at the supermarket? But can you just rock up to a supermarket, fall over and say, I broke my arm here, you got to give me money? Mm-hmm. Can't they, wouldn't that just pay you medical expenses? Um, well, yeah, probably. Surely Plus, you can't sue them just for falling over. No, you can. Really? Yeah. Fuck. Why am I working? I, you, you used to work in a supermarket. How do you not know this? I know you're in the deli, but we we in produce, we got told that, like... The level of public liability almost extended to the fact that an old lady could, in theory, come in, open a carton of milk, pour that milk on the floor, stand in that milk, slip over, and the supermarket would be liable because they gave her access to the milk. I've tried to forget anything I learned by working in the supermarket. Gotcha. Except how to make a really sweet, toasty cheese and bacon roll in the, <laughs> in in the, the chicken, chicken broiler. <laughs> feel sorry for the people now. The chicken oven's out the front. You can't do it. Yeah. Sad times. <laughs> Uh, so they're on the charity cruise for the police. And Mo points out his parking job. Uh, excuse me there, officer. You see my car there with the rubber hippie daisy, Space 7A? Uh, yeah, what about it? Yeah, I was just thinking what a good parking job I did with it. Yeah, hey, that is nice. Hey, Lou. Lou, check out that park job in 7A. Woohoo! That's sweet. Homer stops uh, Snake from stealing. That was great. Stopping Snake from stealing the car. Yep. <laughs> the whole thing could have been avoided. Yeah. Uh, then he stops to watch... Oh, that's Hail to the Chimp. Hail to the Chimp. It is Hail to the Chimp. Sorry, what did I say? Commander and Chimp or something Commander like that. Commander and Chief or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, I thought it was Apes of Poppin'. Yeah. Just because he's different. Uh, but yeah. Uh, I would totally watch this movie, by oh, the way. mate. Who wouldn't? Yep. I love that. Sorry, Mr. President, your welfare proposal is nothing but a lot of technical jargon and partisan rhetoric. <laughs> That's amazing. Like setting up the fact that this chimp is wordy. It feels and then like just beats the shit out of you. An Adam Sandler film. Get off me, Mr. President. With Rob Schneider playing the monkey. Ugh. I suddenly feel ill. That's an Adam Sandler film in the making, don't you reckon? No, I hope. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> No, you can never have a human being playing a monkey now. Not in today's world. You can world. never have a human being in an Adam Sandler film in today's world. <laughs> an intelligent human being. That makes a lot of money, man. Got to give him credit. And his latest stand-up on Netflix was pretty damn funny. Good for him. No, it's not like Adam Sandler has never been funny. It's that he's almost deliberately trying not to be in film for a, for the last 15 years. And people keep paying to watch them. Yeah, it's baffling. It's like he. It's like Gary Abbott keeps punching people. He wants to be suspended. They won't let him. <laughs> I want to wake up. No, you have to play again. <laughs> uh, so he gets yeah, he gets distracted by the movie. Uh, Mo's overly nervous, sweating heaps. Have you have you got that one friend that just sweats buckets like this? Um, just not even just sitting there watching television, and he's just sweating. Ah, uh, not not passive sweating. I do have some friends that are excessive sweaters with exercise, when, yeah, but not um, not just passive. Okay, I've got this one friend, and it's just like it just drips down his. Sh- face 
I like, couldn't have that in my house. <laughs> you're like, we're just watching, we're just watching wrestling. Calm down. Yeah. <laughs> empathetic. He goes out in empathy. It's like when you're a sympathetic vomiter. <laughs> he sees people sweating. <laughs> Mo overhears the train. Um, and thinks, you know, it's time for the job to go down and that's what wakes up Homer as well. It's a great visual of the train already passed, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but Homer's just going to sit in the car and let the train hit him. Uh, yes, that's very true. Mo thinks the plan's gone off without, without a hitch. Uh, Wiggum's like, what are you talking about? Uh, nothing. Oh, no, uh, Renee's like, what are you talking the, about? Our wonderful night type thing. Yeah, uh, Wiggum then notices that the car is... Uh, rolling. Isn't that your car? The one that was parked over there? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Homer, you moron. Moron. Homer, you genius. (laughs) That's a great, great cut. So, uh, he rolls out. It's the Toronimo. Yeah. There's not enough Toronimo anymore. No. Toronimo. (laughs) What's a... Oh, what movie? I reckon it might be Hot Shots Part 2, if I'm not mistaken, where people jump out of a plane and it's like Charlie Sheen, Geronimo, and (laughs) one of the other characters, Geronimo, and then an Indian comes up. Me. Uh, but Geronimo is just an amazing word. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Tally ho is another one. I've never heard that. Uh, it's two words, tally ho. But like, slightly old fashioned. Use it as you would. So, uh, well, so, you could do it in the exact same context. Like, Tally-ho. Jump off something like, tally ho. Oh, never heard it before. Mm. It's almost like to infinity and beyond. <laughs> kind of, yeah. <laughs> uh, sinks to the bottom of the ocean. Another great uh, cut of it further yep. and further and further down. Realistically, Homer didn't survive this, but it's The Simpsons. No, Homer's not getting out of that car. <laughs> no, ever. Gets arrested by the police. Put your hands up. Simpsons. This is Realistically, this is the opening to iRobot. <laughs> like that. I can't even remember that film. I tried to forget about it. Oh, okay. Well, it's a Will Smith drowning. Robot saves him. Okay. Yeah. Oh, no, I do remember. Of course. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, he gets arrested by the police. Oh, what's Wiggum? He can't hold his breath forever. If he can, then God help God us help all. help us all. <laughs> Oh, oh, Homer. Oh, how could you? You're under arrest, Simpson, for Grand Theft Auto. Now put up your hands. <laughs> Mo doesn't stand up for Homer here. Completely throws him under the bus. But yeah. that's, you, you've got to put yourself in Mo's shoes. you got to buddy oh, here. Oh, yeah, not a great time to stand up for no, him. <laughs> no, like, you, you don't stand up for him here. You let him get in trouble and try and work and, it out later. And then, yeah, work him, wrangle his way out of, like, yeah. Get Come talk- down afterwards and confess when yes. the girlfriend is away and less guns are out. Exactly. <laughs> yes. We come back. Homer's getting his mug shot. Mm-hmm. Some random flamboyant British photographer. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Yeah. Didn't sit. That didn't sit well with me. I was just like, didn't really need it. It's just so cheap to me that joke. Yeah. Like been I'm sure that the joke death. has been done a million yeah. times. Yeah. 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 There's nothing new about it. And the, the snowflake fingerprints, it was really... They're weird. both very pretty. Yeah, it was just weird. <laughs> no, the, the, I, I did enjoy that. That was the, very funny. I liked the family visiting. Homer goes, no time. Chief said I had some visitors. <laughs> 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 so Marge, yeah, she just... She's not buying it at all. She doesn't understand Homer's story. Why would he ever do this? Bart brings him some cigarettes to use his currency. Yep. And then uses them straight away. Trades him, trades him back. <laughs> Mo then comes for a visit. And Homer pleads. And you really feel sorry for Homer here. Hmm. It's great delivery from Dan, but it's just like Homer is completely being fucked over. <laughs> well, yeah. Like completely like, boned. Yes, he was breaking the law, but he was doing it to help a friend. Yes. And it's almost like 
and I say this in the nicest possible way, it's almost like when you see it in films sometimes, they get like the mentally challenged friend to do something who doesn't quite understand they're doing the wrong thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Homer knew, I guess Homer knew he was doing the wrong thing here because that happens at school all the time. There's always one kid who's like a little bit slow or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And they take advantage of him again. Oh, go do that. And then mm. when he gets in trouble, there's like, oh, no, we had nothing to do with it. Yeah. That's what Mo's doing here. Yeah. He's just, yeah. I, you lose all sympathy. Oh, you're right. All sympathy I had for Mo at the start of this, I've now lost. So what comes next? Oh, actually, no. You know what? He wins you back here. He was, <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's I've a, lost it. Now it's back. No, it's an up and down. It's an up and down thing here. It's because you're the dude of the old Spice commercial. Yeah, no, <laughs> I've got no respect. I've got no sympathy for Mo. Now it's back and it's gone. Here's respect. He goes to do the right thing, but then he sees the Hawaii trip and then he doesn't. Yeah, he just can't make his mind up. Is he good or is he bad? Um, it is great. I love Mo singing on the way out, and Homer's like, Mo, why do you keep saying Hawaii? <laughs> yeah. Hawaii, here we come. Ananakuli, Makawani, Ana Ona, Nanalula, Hawaii. Hawaii? What about Hawaii? Mo, who's going to Hawaii? Am I going to Hawaii? Stop saying Hawaii in there. Homer's absolute fear of the exorcist's yard is really enjoyable. Yeah, that's really. Like, it's that's kind of been done before, though, in King Size Homer. Yeah, true. But still. Always funny. Homer is erratic. The, the <laughs> one thing that I like about it here versus King Size Homer is that they're using it to try to give a sense of ur- urgency to the story. It's like the lamest sense of urgency ever. Yeah. Like, it's not the electric chair. That's yeah. The interrogation. I love Homer's justification. I don't want to be in here anymore. I've changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> he just doesn't understand what's going on. Because I looked it up. Grand Theft Auto is like five years. No, yeah, that's that's a big crime. Big trouble. Yeah. (laughs) I I would like to know if stealing a car counts as Grand Theft Auto. I guess it's because you hear of cars being stolen all the time. I remember as a kid watching this thinking, why would Homer go to jail for stealing a car? But it's a big deal. Well, I never thought that. Like, I assume stealing a car is prison worthy. You're not just going to pay a fine. But you you hear of, like, you know, kids, 15, 16-year-olds stealing cars and crashing it. They never go to prison. Mm. When's the last time you heard of someone going to prison for stealing a car in Australia? Um, I don't know. I assume it happens. I don't hang out with criminals. Yeah, I, I, I didn't realize it was such a big penalty. Anyway, but Mo's there packing his bags. This not, I didn't like. Not blue collar criminals, anyway. No. <laughs> <laughs> this I didn't like. The Homer ghost scene. I don't like no, this kind yeah. of shit. See, this is another thing that, like, if I just turn it on, I'm like, what the fuck? Interacting with ghosts. Happening? Yeah. I, I get it when it's in a dream sequence, but not when it's meant to be really happening. Well, I guess. I don't know if it is meant to be really happening. I just kind of took it as Mo hallucinating. It's Mo's conscience. It's not like it's... But he's talking to the... Because yeah, the ghost to... doesn't actually interact. It doesn't do anything. It doesn't, like, you know, open a door or anything Physical like things, no. But, yeah. it, but it talks as if it is Hummer in the prison. Uh, true. But it's still... I still feel like it's only doing what Mo knows. It's not adding any new information to the story. Mm-hmm. Maybe anyway, just but for me, it just felt out of place in general. Yeah, like it just didn't seem silly. it didn't really fit the tone of the episode. No, it's almost like a, a um a Christmas carol kind of thing. Like you don't say that's it exactly what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Comes clean with Renee. Great response. You're gay, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Why gay first? Yeah. <laughs> Homer escapes himself with using the book "How to Tunnel Out of Prison." Yeah, this might be one of my favorite gags in a long time it's, on this show. Yeah, it's very funny. It's very, very funny. Mosen discussing with Renee the plan B about digging up corpses and whatnot. Uh, meanwhile, the must kill Mo 
Wee! <laughs> <laughs> but just before that, um, Renee bails, as you would. If your partner yep. that you just started dating starts talking about digging up corpses as a way to make money, yep. get out of yeah, there. Yeah, it's time to get out of there. It's, it's, it's time to leave, quickly. Where you going, baby? You going to get the corpses? <laughs> Mo accidentally sets the bar on fire, because that was the plan, to set the bar on fire. Mm-hmm. We should probably explain. Why was he digging up corpses? Um, To put in the bar. <laughs> As yeah, if was, as if they were dead and claiming yeah, life as insurance. if they were dead, which would make it difficult to claim, claim your insurance. own life insurance. Yeah, yeah, but I guess it's just a scheme that was never going to work anyway. No, that's the the whole thing. It was just a stupid scheme. Homer then tries to kill him. Um, they both pass out from the smoke, though. Yeah, Barney rescues them. Yeah, now <laughs> you, this you, you knew what was coming, but it was just still funny. It's still a great fake out, popping the kegs down and then going back in for them. <laughs> <laughs> Mo cries that his bar is gone. Homer says he'll help him out. But why would he be crying? Like the insurance job. Um, This was the plan. Yeah, that's very true. But he I, just planned to burn it down. It burned down and now he's crying that he's lost his bar. Yeah. There's not a lot that's making sense. <laughs> oh, Mo, Mo, Mo. Dry those beady little eyes. Your buddy Homer will get you back on your feet. Hey, there's a balloon machine in the bathroom. Kids, from now on, I don't want you touching anything in our house. Dart! Woohoo! Yeah! Nice shot, Homer. Silly ending, but what are you going to do? Yeah. Um, got its good parts and its bad parts. Got some really, really funny moments. It does. It's by no means the best episode of the season. The animation... The, 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 the humour makes up for it, I reckon. Yeah, the, the animation on the Homer roll back into the car is one of the best bits of animation that they've done like, as It'll, a set piece. It's yeah. very, very It feels good. like classic Simpsons, that moment. Yeah. But uh, all in all, it is... A, it all is, in all, it's good. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, it's a fine episode. episode. Yeah. Just don't... Just switch your brain off at the door. Yeah. What do we learn, Palmer? So what did you learn from the episode, Mitch? Uh, I learned that wearing cologne can be a good substitute for a bath. That's true. I learned that snowball fights can be fun and delicious. Mm. That's very true as well. Javale! Javale is here! Ooh! Now, we've just heard Elliot screaming, weeping out yep. in the land room. Yep. So we're going to do one mailbag question. One mailbag question. Can you bring it up? I've got some uh, emails that are flagged in the mailbag. I can do that. Uh, I also must be out of here for family matters. Ooh. Who's in trouble? No, no one's in trouble. Ash's family, the side that are talking to it. No, <laughs> I've got to stop. People are actually starting to take it very seriously when I when I talk Including about your family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like someone posted the other day, they're like, what was that episode where Mitch said that he and his dad both hate each other? I'm like, I don't think I ever said that. I said that we didn't have a lot in common when I was younger. Like, we're going on a golf trip together. <laughs> We've got here from Sam Likes Jam. Yep. Samantha Griffin. From Watford in the UK, all the way in the UK. Watford? Watford. 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 That's what I'm asking you. Don't confuse me. What? <laughs> <laughs> I know one model Ford is the one I drive. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I... Sorry. Can I share a fucking... Ama- so, I started a new job today. And we're doing the induction. We're going around. People doing their, like, give an interesting fact about yourself. And second person, her name was Karen, goes, interesting fact about me... In the early 2000s, I used to be the co-owner of a skydiving business. Gets around to me. 
and I say maybe six or seven people have spoken by this point. I'm like, interesting fact about me, I like to make really lame jokes and I've been distracted for the last couple of minutes ever since Karen spoke about owning a skydiving business in the early 2000s, thinking about how it was really good that she got out before the crash. And what did everyone do? Big laughs. <laughs> Big laughs in the room. Real icebreaker at nine in the morning. <laughs> Why did she... Like, oh, I don't know. She just went to not. How much money could there possibly be in skydiving? I think I don't. I didn't get into the why. Yeah, I didn't care. I just thought, <laughs> what a joke! <laughs> what what an where were you last Thursday? What an opportunity <laughs> to be presented with. Sam says, "Hi, Mitch and Dando. Completely random question, but I'm curious. This weekend was the Eurovision Song Contest. Oh yes. So last weekend was it? Uh, it yeah, it would have been last weekend. Now I'm assuming we went no yep. good. Uh, Kate Mulhaiki made the top ten. Okay." A big deal in my calendar, and for many in the UK. I usually host a party where we have a dish slash snack slash drink from each performing country, and you have to eat it as they perform. Quite a fun game, although you find yourself going from chocolate to smoked salmon to a glass of wine, depending on the running order. Ugh. Terrible. Actually, this is... Um, so I, do, I just had a flashback. Saturday night... Chocolate wrapped in smoked salmon. After mm. having drunk copious amount and having my halal snack pack at two in the morning i then decided it would be a good idea to have a nice cold glass of milk when we got back to oh that's not a good friend's house it was not did it come up do not recommend no it kept down but and even you as feel i feel the swirl yeah as i did it, i went no no chose poorly you know geelong footballer harry taylor apparently drinks two liters of milk after every game straight really? from the carton that's what he does in the change rooms two liters of milk straight down He's a weird cat. He's a Harry strange Taylor, man. Yeah. He, he and Dan Ramby, best mates. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so back to it. She says, anyway, is Eurovision actually a thing in Australia? They've been competing the past few years and tend to do much better than the UK. I feel like people who are from Europe or you know, are English or whatever, still mm-hmm. born here, think it's a big deal. Australians, not so much. Some, but not many. Kind of like Halloween. Like it was a thing. It'd get played on SBS a lot. And yeah, there'd be small pockets. The people that like it love it, but I've never watched it. I like Kate Miller Heidke, so I was quite happy that she was performing in it. And you know, I wished her all the best. I think more people watch the voice finals than watch Eurovision in Australia. Yeah, yes. Which is. (laughs) Ah. She says, keep up the good work. I've enjoyed listening these past few years. It's helped me get through some tough times. Uh, says here she's got a newborn, so congratulations, Samantha. Oh, that's excellent. Yes. Happy newborn. Happy newborn. And my newborn is no longer a newborn. He's 10 months old. He's upset. He's got a runny nose. He's an and he's... unhappy <laughs> old born. What, what, what is... He's not toddler. He's not newborn. What is he? Infant? Just infant. Infant. Just infant son. My infant son is not happy. Hallie. He's infant. You're infantile. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing... It's my favourite episode of season nine. It's Lisa the Simpson. Yeah. Fantastic so, episode. So much so that you, we were originally going to record two and you went, nope, can't do that. Lisa's needs its own day. Yeah, well, it does. It's a great yeah. episode. It's Bill and Josh's last episode of their run. That's a carryover from season eight. It's a really great episode. One of the best endings ever with all the, the Simpson men downstairs. I step in front of cars and screw the drivers. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> but Mitch, any final words for the listeners for this week? Yeah, Dando, cue the music. He's into pouring spirits, bad time under danky lights. K 
caters to your addiction. Sometimes wears a hat with fries. He never pours you water, couldn't even say champagne. But once you've had some of his duff, you'll never be the same. But your life goes down the drain. Come on, pandas, whales, phones. He's living la vida mocha. He has a crush on Marge. He's living la vida mocha. He'll sell you pickled eggs. Just look past the cockroach. Ah, he better check on barn. He's living la vida mocha. It's actually pretty damn good. Except I would, I would change. <laughs> except Mar- for the tone, I would change Marge to Midge. Oh yeah, that would have worked. We need to put a CD together <laughs> based off. 12 lines of songs. That and Purple so Drapes. 12 lines of lyrics. Just keep going back to Purple Drapes. <laughs> <laughs> the extended remix uh, versus Jason Please Nevins. auto-tune that. <laughs> I'll try my best. Thanks for listening, guys. Shh.